Hello and welcome to the Style Uncovered podcast. I'm Samantha, the style editor, a style coach, helping you get to the why behind what you're wearing. I want you to feel really great about yourself and your clothes and that is what I'm here to help you do. Now before we get into today's episode I have a little gift for you and that is a workbook that accompanies what we're talking about today. It's all around style and success and how to really feel your best and make 2022 the year that you go after your dreams. You can find this on my social media if you click the link in bio. You can also find it on my website, thestyleeditor.co.uk. And if what I'm talking about today really resonates with you, then you can find out how to book your VIP styling day with me, or you can find out about style coaching at thestyleeditor.co.uk. So let's start with a question. What the hell does workwear mean in 2022? This is something that a lot of my clients are contemplating. There's a lot of conversation I'm seeing on social media about this. What do we wear to work in 2022? We have been in a pandemic for the last couple of years. And whilst working at home in our pyjamas was a real novelty at first, that has compounded every day and it's left us feeling a bit crap about ourselves and I think we've really started to understand the link between our style and what we're wearing and how we feel inside. Now add to this the fact that a lot of people have um, completely changed their career in the last couple of years. A lot of new businesses have launched. Hello you're listening to the podcast. (laughs) of a new business and so working for yourself and founding your own company is very different to working for a corporate and if you are someone who has spent many years in corporate and kind of had to align your style with the very serious kind of black and white suit situation that a lot of corporates tell you to wear you may now be struggling with how to dress yourself as a founder. Equally, if you are working in corporate, you may find that your old wardrobe, your work wardrobe that you used to wear to work, doesn't quite align with who you are now. And this is something that we're seeing in retail. I mean, Marks and Spencers has actually stopped selling suits, which tells you something about workwear in 2022. Is the suit still relevant? I don't know if you watch and just like that, but Carrie Bradshaw wore one to a picnic in the park, so I'm saying yes. But I'm saying that the suit will be worn in different ways. It's not necessarily got to have that masculine corporate energy that we associate it with. It can actually be worn as separates and it can actually be dressed up and down for a multitude of occasions. But anyway, I digress, maybe there'll be a separate suit episode at some point because it's actually something that people have asked me about when I go out and do my talks, which I've been asked to do a few of lately around workwear and style. One of the questions that I always get is what is going to happen with the suit? Now, without getting into the history of it, I do think that workwear has been very tricky historically for a very long time for a lot of different people. Corporate workwear is structured around the male suit, right? And if you are a woman or if you're someone of another gender or even 
If you're a man that doesn't want to subscribe or conform to that, it's very hard to dress yourself for work because you feel like you're putting on a persona. And in my mind and in my opinion, that means that the company is not getting the best out of you. I think that companies are missing a trick when they don't help people with their personal style and when they don't help people with how they feel about themselves because they're not getting the best out of them. If I was your boss, I'd want you to come to work in your full energy, bring yourself and your personality and all the amazing things about you to your role. And when we ask people to conform to a very masculine stereotype, we take that option away from them. We're asking them to kind of put on this act. And I know that a lot of people, a lot of the women that I work with, I tend to work just with women. They feel this, they use words such as imposter, or they say that they feel like a fraud or a phony, or they're gonna get found out. And whilst there's so much work to do um, elsewhere in society around the way that we treat women and speak to women and the stereotypes that we place on women, I think that there's a lot of work to be done in the corporate culture as to how we tell women that they should behave and dress and be at work. I was a newspaper editor for a long time and let me tell you the problems that I have with dressing for work. So the first proper job that I had in newspapers, in my interview, the editor (laughs) said to me, I think you're too into fashion to be a serious journalist. And it's like being into fashion and also being politically active or motivated or a concerned citizen of this world or someone who wants to create social change cannot exist in the same person. That's what that says. It's like you're into fashion and that means that you're not serious. And um, I obviously proved that person wrong. But that is the judgment that happened and that happened to me all the way through my entire career. Yet, ironically, and the reason that I set up my business is because I found a balance between dressing for that editor's situation and also dressing to my authentic self. And from that, I had a lot of opportunity And I was a woman in a very male-dominated space. So there were literally like two female editors when I became an editor in regional news. Um, And so I became a little bit of like a poster girl for women in journalism. And that helped me, I hope, help encourage other women and other people from diverse backgrounds get into journalism and advocate for themselves and become editors because before I became an editor I did not really see someone like me from the background that I had in the editor's chair so the irony is that when I started to have these opportunities and go out to meet people and post my outfits on social media and start to grow my personal brand as an editor I had other women messaging me or speaking to me at events and saying I'm also a leader in business or I'm also a manager and I am finding this whole working and dressing thing really hard. How do I align my personal brand with the company and how do I feel good at work? How do I dress confidently but also not feel like an imposter but also not be called a bitch? Because that's another thing that women have to uh, go through at work is that you kind of don't care about what you wear 
and therefore you're kind of slovenly and no one's going to take you seriously. But then if you dress in a way that feels really good to you and you feel sexy and, you know, fantastic, which you have every right to do, people then assume that you're a bitch. So therein lies the great irony. I set up my business because I could see there was a huge gap here that no one was talking about. Women and other people carry around all of this stuff about themselves. You know, I'm fat, I'm terrible, I'm ugly, I'm hideous, I'm an imposter, they're going to find me out, I'm a fraud. Carrying that around with them, what kind of energy do you then think they bring into work? If someone is standing in front of their wardrobe in the morning thinking, I look terrible, yeah, and I feel terrible, what are they going to how are they going to feel when they go into their meeting? Are they going to feel strong enough and capable enough and confident enough to ask for the sale? Are they going to feel strong enough to say to their boss, no, um, I'm asserting my boundary, I'm not going to work for free for the weekend? The answer is no. And maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm just sceptical, but maybe that is why some companies aren't willing to have this kind of conversation. However, the tide is turning, I'm pleased to say, and there are companies which are, and I do think that actually... If you're not, if you do own kind of a large company and you have women and other genders in your workforce and men, if you have, actually, if anyone works for you and you're not having these kind of conversations, you are leaving money on the table. The reason being that one, the right pe- people aren't going to put themselves forward for the jobs that you're advertising because they don't feel confident enough. Two, they're not going to advocate for themselves or advocate for your company in the same way that they would if they felt really good about themselves. So no, they're not going to ask for that sale if they feel rubbish. And the fact that you're not considering that is just so old school to me. That whole kind of toxic, don't cry at work, don't show emotion at work. If you feel, you know, down or sad, never reveal that, go into the toilets and cry, which to be honest with you, was my life for very many years. And ultimately, it means that by not taking that kind of pastoral care, not allowing people to be creative with their style, not talking to them about how you can help them with their confidence is leaving money on the table because they're not the right people in the right roles and you're not getting the best out of them. They're not going to give you their ideas. They're not going to push for you. They're not going to feel really aligned and in love with the company and serving the customer if they don't feel really good about themselves. So that's just my hot take on corporate culture for you there. And just FYI for anyone who thinks that what I do isn't viable and that this doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm like fully booked with clients and they're all clients who are saying to me the same thing that I am saying to you right now. They feel like imposters. They feel like they're putting on an act when they go to work. They feel like they can't put themselves forward for opportunities that they deserve. They're lying awake at night worrying about their appearance. All of this kind of crap that they're carrying around that they really shouldn't be because they bloody deserve to absolutely shine. So yes, it does matter. Yes, it the message is hopefully getting through now because when I first started, people were looking at me like I was some sort of lizard woman. I mean, yeah, maybe I do have a forked tongue. Like I am a bit of a witch, but yeah, people were looking at me like I was a little bit crazy. But hopefully now, especially after the pandemic, because people have been working from home and literally they've been dressing their top half, companies and business leaders are starting to get this message and let me tell you yeah it is important because yeah I am having these conversations not just with my clients but also people in the dms like there's so much stuff there that they're thinking that they probably don't feel like they can tell their bosses 
And that is what I'm here to help them with. So if you work in a big company or you run a big company, hello, um, get me in. Let me talk to your people. I would love to. I'd love to help support them. And in turn, they are going to support your business. And I am here for the women making the dollar because the more that women can thrive and generate income, the more we all thrive, the more our communities thrive, the more that we smash through historic barriers, the more that we can make change. Yes, it's just going to be a much better world when women are really shining and thriving. Deep breath. I'm going to slow down now because I actually have some tips for you. If you are feeling completely out of alignment with your work wardrobe or your work self, maybe as you're dressing now or maybe as you used to dress, it it doesn't feel like who you are now and you're being expected to go to meetings now, you're being expected to go to networking and you're just feeling out of alignment. I reposted a picture actually, there was a company that asked some of its people to come into work for a photo of what they actually wear on Zoom and it was all like shirts on the top, pants on the bottom and slippers and yeah that's really funny and yeah that is actually what most people have done for two years but therein lies the issue. Yeah it is funny but also how has it made you feel about yourself over the last couple of years? Maybe that's something that you want to journal on maybe just think about that our lives have changed so much and in really good ways but also I think we have realized how much of our um, confidence has been knocked a little bit or how much we're feeling out of alignment because of this stuff so maybe that's something that you want to journal on and just think about kind of the the compound effect of every day getting up rolling out of bed keeping your pyjamas on and going to work. How's that made you feel, really, if you're really honest with yourself? Because if it's made you feel rubbish, there is absolutely no shame in that. Dressing should be for you. And when we pretend like it doesn't make us feel like shit, we're basically saying that, you know, we're dressing for everyone else, when that is just not the case. I know that when you put on a really good outfit and you feel smashing you feel smashing. And it's not about anybody else. It's not about anyone else's opinion of your outfit. It's about how you feel. So that is why it's important and it does matter. My second piece of advice is that you don't actually have to spend a fortune on clothes. So you might be looking at your wardrobe now thinking, oh, none of this aligns with me. I'm going to have to chuck it all out and start again. And one thing that all of my clients so far have had in common is that they are always so surprised when they say to me, I've got nothing to wear and I go in and show them actually they've got loads to wear. And that is whether they've got wardrobes that are bursting at the seams with clothes or whether they've got a very streamlined wardrobe. So in the um, example of a very streamlined wardrobe, it may be that they think, oh, I, I don't have enough here to play with. And they're always really surprised when I go in and I make them you know, 10 new outfits that they didn't think of before. Sometimes that's all it takes is just someone coming in from the outside and showing you how to um, change things up a little bit. So you don't actually need to spend loads more money on new clothes. Yeah, you might want to spend some money on investing in your VIP styling day, Um, little plug there, but you don't 
necessarily have to spend loads of new money on clothes. And this is something that I hopefully, if you've listened to this podcast for a while, you will understand that I'm really trying to make you understand. You don't need to spend loads of money on new clothes. This is something that um, retailers want us to do. They want us to have a bad day and buy something. They want us to have a new meeting and not have anything in our or not think we have anything in our wardrobes that we can wear to that meeting. They want us to get an invite to an event or a wedding and think, oh crap, I need to go out and spend loads of money on a new dress. You don't need to go out and spend loads of money on a new dress. You could wear a dress that you have. You might just want to go and get it tailored or you might want to accessorize it differently. You don't need new stuff to be stylish. My first tip is have a wardrobe that works for all of you. All of you, I'm not talking in the plural sense, I'm talking all of you as an individual because you are multifaceted, my friend. You know this. Sometimes you feel sexy, sometimes you feel fun, sometimes you feel creative, sometimes you feel sad. You are all these different things in one person and that is absolutely great. Now, sometimes people like to put on an act. So they sasha fierce themselves, essentially. If they have to go into a work meeting or give a presentation, they channel this kind of other character who has no confidence issues. They go out there and they perform. And that can really help. But I would suggest maybe as a temporary fix, because if you are always channeling this other person, if you're always othering part of yourself, you're never actually fully embracing and accepting the whole of who you are. So when I worked in a newsroom, corporate environment, I had a wardrobe and I still have a wardrobe that works for all of me. So I would wear something outside of work that I would wear in work. Yes, I'd tweak it. There are little styling things that you can do to make things different. Obviously, for example, if you wear a suit jacket to work, you can wear it with jeans outside of work. Just very simple. I had a wardrobe that aligns with all of me because then I am the same person outside of work that I am inside of work. And as I said, I really believe that your company is going to get the best out of you when you are all of you at work rather than you pretending to be someone else. You are who you are and they hired you because you're excellent at your job and they need you to show up as the excellent you and not as someone else. And also by having a wardrobe that works for every occasion and every part of you, you're going to save yourself so much money in the long run because otherwise it's like you've got two identities, you know, and you're buying something for this one identity you have and um, you're having to buy something else for your other identity and never the two shall meet. And I think that the the magic happens when you can be your full self in every situation. And yeah, sometimes your full self might feel um, silly or fun or creative or fashionable or chic or colourful, whatever, you know. Be yourself in every situation. That is hopefully what I can help my clients to do is accept and embrace who they are no matter what the scenario that they're in. They don't need to be anyone else because they are bad-fucking-tastic as themselves. I've said this tip before and I'll say it again. Spend your money on what you wear the most. So, yes, fun, sequins, tool, all of this fancy stuff is lovely, but what are you going to wear the most and be realistic what's going to make you feel the best over the long run so you might see some fantastic ridiculous bag that you're like yes I have to have it and bitch if you want that 
buy it for yourself, but wear the thing because it deserves to be worn. However, if it's a choice between that crazy bag and a really good quality white shirt that you can wear for a multitude of occasions, dress it up, dress it down, what is your choice? What are you choosing? Because how often are you going to wear the bag? I would probably say not very often. How often are you going to wear the shirt? What's going to make you feel the best over the long term in as many moments as possible? Because that's what your clothes should do. They should make you feel as good as possible in as many moments as possible in your life. So that is why I always say, I've said it before, I'll say it again, spend your money where you're going to wear it. And for you, that might be, yeah, I am I am going to wear a leopard print suit loads. Then go and buy the leopard print suit and wear it in as many ways and many occasions, as many days as possible as you can. But stop dressing for other people. So if you really love something, wear it for yourself and stop looking outside of yourself for validation that your style and your choices are okay. Of course they're okay because you say they're okay. And on that note, my final tip is that it all starts with you. Everything starts with you, my friend. All of the success you're dreaming of, all of the ways you want to feel, it all starts with you and doing the inner stuff. You can't, as the saying goes, put lipstick on a pig, which is one of my absolute... I absolutely love that saying. Um, You can't put lipstick on a pig. But you can't put lipstick on your feelings, right? You can't put lipstick on if you're feeling really crap on the inside. Yeah, there are external things that can make you feel better for a little time or can help you a little bit. But how you feel on the inside is what matters the most. It all starts with you. And there is no product replacement for doing that inner work and investing in yourself. And what frustrates me a little bit is that people will invest in a designer handbag, but they won't invest in themselves. Like that's just, we've got it twisted. Invest in yourself first because you will always kind of double your investment in yourself. So bags, yes, they do keep their money very well. But if we take cars for an example, you know, you roll a car off of the forecourt of the the sales place and you've lost money already. Everything kind of depreciates in value. You are only getting more and more valuable. So you are the best thing that you can possibly invest in. And everything else flows from there. The better you feel, the more in alignment you feel, the more energy you have, the more you're going to attract all of the things that you deserve. And you can't, as I've said before, buy yourself out of a really shitty situation or a really bad day. Yeah, it makes you feel good for five minutes, but how does it make you feel in the long term? So whether it's a book that you've been putting off reading or some journaling that you know that you need to do around a certain thing that keeps cropping up for you, the lesson is going to keep coming until you learn it. And then once you've learned it and you've kind of released that block, you can go on to bigger and better things. You're going to raise your vibe. So yeah, invest in yourself. It all starts with you. And that means treating yourself really well in the moments that no one else sees. So when you are on your own, are you doing the work? Because that is where the progress is made. My progress isn't made when I'm wearing a a nice glam outfit on Instagram. My progress isn't made really when I'm recording this podcast for you. My progress is made in that inner work, that tough stuff, that no, 
do I really want to do it? Not really. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. It's emotional sometimes. But that is where the growth happens. And that is why it's so important to invest in yourself first and not things. The things you can invest in afterwards, right? Because they're going to then help you elevate to be who you want to be. But if you're investing in things outside of yourself before you've done that work, it's just it's just all falling into a chasm. And all of that stuff needs to be done first. So fill yourself up first, invest in yourself first, because it all starts with you. If you have found these tips helpful and you would like to do some more of this work, you can go and download my free guide to elevate your style for success. I will leave a link in the show notes. You can also find it on my social media. On Instagram, I am at the style editor UK. And if you search for me on LinkedIn, you'll find me there too. Or visit www.thestyleeditor.co.uk where you can also apply to work with me one-to-one if you are really serious about making 2022 the year that you feel your best and do your best. I might be able to help you with that. You can book your VIP styling day. I have dates ready and waiting for you throughout the year. Or you can find out more about longer term style coaching. So this is where I support you as a female founder, leader, coach, someone in business to really um, create a really beautiful personal style, feel really good about yourself, align your style with your brand and strategize for your success for this year and the coming years as well. I actually have just one spot left to start working with me this February. So that will be a three month program. If you are interested in that, you can send me a message or you can apply to work with me through the form via thestyleeditor.co.uk. Mm-hmm.